0: Hi, I'm Sydney, and I'm Ainsley, and this is Walk the Talk podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to reach our listeners with the love of Jesus Christ and help you, the listeners, learn how to share it around your community. We're so excited to have you, so let's get going. Hi guys, I'm so excited. We're so excited to have you on today's episode. It's the first episode in our uh, mini-series on mental health called The Struggle is Real. And many of us face certain things throughout our life, even if we don't have a designated mental health disorder. And we really just want to tie those stories, those struggles into stories of the Bible, and hopefully provide encouragement to you. So we are going to go through Job. And if you don't know, Job is one of the three books known as the Wisdom of wisdom Literature. Um, there's Proverbs and the main point of that is God is wise and just. There's Ecclesiastes and it is world isn't always fair. And Job, the one we're going to be looking at is, is, God's, is God wise and just? And it's really answering that question is, is he actually who he says he is? Is he wise and just or is he a very unfair, unloving God? So um, in this book, satan inflicts suffering on job um and job praises god he loves god so much and satan said god like job doesn't like actually love you he just like loves the things that you're giving to him and like what he's provided with so satan said let me take that all away and god allowed him to and um, it was kind of an emotional roller coaster for job because he starts accusing God, but then he's also praising God because it's kind of what we experience today. Um, there's moments when we praise God and we're like, we got we love you, and like, I don't know why you're doing this, but we love you. And then there's other times when it's like, I hate you, why would you do this to me? Yeah, and like you gotta keep in mind, too, is that, um god like god knew that job loved him and say when Satan came and um job's children were killed um job's cattle died job's servants were dying um job got like a disease like all these horrible horrible things that are like unimaginable started happening to job and for a while job was just praising god praising god and then his friends come along or three of his so-called friends and come and they say, you must've done something wrong because God would only punish you as much if you sinned. And Job keeps saying, but I'm righteous, but I'm righteous. And he was, Job was a good man. Like he did not deserve what God was doing to, well, what he thought God was doing to him. He did not deserve that or he did not think he did at all. And it's like, So Job goes from moments of, like, God is almighty. And then he goes to moments like, why are you doing this to me? Are you an unfair God? So it's very much of a up and down for Job, which I feel like is really relatable when we're dealing with stuff. And, I mean, we're not always sad or always happy. It's really this up and down, which we'll go into a little bit today. But, like, do you see that when you're struggling with something? It's always, like, this emotional roller coaster? Yes, especially – Like when I'm really sad about something and there's there's moments where I'm like, okay, God, like I still love you. I just don't know why you're doing this to me. And then there's moments where it's like, why are you doing this to me? I am not deserving this. Like, is God really real if he's doing this to me? Like if he's causing so much pain for me when he's supposed to give me a great life. Yeah. And I think we also have to keep in mind, like, we deserve death. Like, suffering is going to happen in our life. And it's not because we're doing anything wrong. It's because suffering is a part of the sin in our world. It came when Adam and Eve took that bite of the apple. Sin came into the world. And so did suffering. So did darkness. And honestly, we deserve death. But God brings light. And Jesus acts as that savior of our sins we don't when God looks at us he doesn't see the sin that we committed he sees Jesus and so that's kind of getting a little bit off topic and off the rails but we are saved from our sins because Jesus saved us and our suffering is not because of something we've done um but rather something that just become a part of the world so I'm going to share a bit of my testimony now but I grew up in a Christian home and my well My parents became Christians when we were very, very little. Um, So I always remember going to church. We switched a couple of churches, but we found our home church in about fourth grade. But kind of rewinding um, my life, my childhood was great. Like my parents were together. They were loving. They were amazing. And Ainsley can attest to this as well. Like we did not face any like emotional trauma as children. We had very, very, very good lives. And... I struggled with some anxiety when I was younger, um, especially at nighttime, and it happened for me when I was little, but I would get scared sleeping alone, or I'd be afraid there was going to be like a fire, or these irrational fears, and I would constantly go to my parents, and I'd get in trouble because I was keeping them all up all night, too, and they kept saying go back to bed, so I was getting in trouble, and I was really dealing with a lot of anxiety, but I didn't know how to express my feelings because I was so young and so little, and I kind of saw that going into... Um, I happened in when I was little, little, like three years old, but it continued to happen in second grade and third grade and seventh grade, just in different forms. Like in seventh grade, I would come down at, I would have to keep coming downstairs and keep checking the doors. Even though I knew that I had locked the doors like two minutes ago, I had, it's like this OCD that I had and this compulsiveness. And that can be one of the symptoms of general anxiety. Um, was very, very much of a perfectionist in seventh grade and eighth grade and even freshman year. I would get extreme anxiety about doing schoolwork. I'd be up in my room all night long, wouldn't come downstairs just doing schoolwork like the whole evening because I was so scared of getting bad grades. Um, and my parents finally realized that I was dealing with a lot of this anxiety and they sent me to a counselor. Was it between eighth grade and freshman year? I think so. Yeah. Eighth grade and freshman year, the seven to a counselor. I just fell in love with this counselor, like the best person ever. Like I felt like I could share anything with her. And she really walked me through this anxiety of perfectionism. And we were able to get it like I was good. I was doing so good. I was not worried so much about bad grades. Like I still got really good grades, but I realized that I could kind of take my foot off the gas a little bit and enjoy life instead of just focus on um, – schoolwork all the time between um, the end of my freshman year that anxiety kind of took a different form and it turned into um very hyper vigilance about my body and running became really um at the forefront of my mind and a big priority and so did food and it started in I mean I've kind of always been like self-conscious of my body but it kind of started in um like middle school, like being more self-conscious, feeling more, a little bit bigger than everyone else. And um, even though that wasn't necessarily true. And um, it kind of, like it started around Christmas time of my freshman year. So last year in December, and it was more just like cutting out sweets. I would feel really anxious if I ate a, um, like a big treat. And I kind of gained a little bit of weight around the holidays, which is completely normal. And I felt like I had to lose it. So I started restricting and I started um, feeling I had to earn my food. So if I couldn't, I couldn't have a snack if I didn't go for a run first. Like it was this very, you do, you exercise and you get rewarded type of thing. And as I was going through this, it kind of just started getting more and more progress. Um, and I started weighing myself and I would go down about a pound a week. Um, and then track season hit and I kept going down and I kept having these horrible muscle cramps and I was irritated and moody all the time. And I was extremely skinny. And when I would lay down, it would hurt like my ribs almost because that, like, it's like I didn't have a lot of cushion there when I would lay down. And, um, just became really skinny. And after track season was over, I was, had lost about 20 pounds. And from December to about the end of May. And I went to a doctor, I went to the doctor for a physical in, um, June, the beginning of June, I was diagnosed with anorexia and which is basically a I was diagnosed with restrictive anorexia, which basically just means that I wasn't getting enough food. I wasn't feeling my body properly. And my purging was not by making myself throw up, but rather just by exercising. I felt like I had to exercise to burn off the calories. And that week in between the end of school and that appointment, I or those couple of weeks between like the end of track and the appointment, I would run like seven miles, like four times a week. And if I didn't run that seven miles, I would feel so horrible, horrible about myself. And it really just became a struggle. Um, it was a really emotional time, and I'd actually like to read. Um, I journaled when I first found out, and. It was just kind of a way of expressing my emotions because my family, which we'll have to bring them on um, for an episode during this series, but it was just a hard time for everyone. And um, that day was very emotional. A thirty quick minute, thirty minute quick doctor's appointment quickly turned into two hours of lots of emotions. And so here's what I wrote that first day. Well, today has been an extremely crazy day. I found out that I have a borderline eating disorder, which I did have an eating disorder, which is slightly a relief to know, which was really weird that I said that because I think I was kind of glad someone, I realized that I was quickly sliding down this slope and it was like a call for help type of thing. Like I knew I was struggling and I kind of had this idea in my mind, like I have an eating disorder, but I did not want to admit it. I was in denial. And for a doctor to tell me that, it was like, okay, I can start recovering which was just really weird um maybe it is because i can put a name on this monster that has been living on the inside of me for five months i walked into the doctor's office and she asked me if we had any concerns i told her that i hadn't had my menstrual period for five months i also told her that i had lost a lot of weight i weighed approximately 111 pounds in april and now i weigh about 105 that is about six pounds I have lost in two months. I feel like that is bad, but it is not as extreme as it could be. I don't wanna t- downplay it though. I need to take it seriously because if I don't, that nurse practitioner won't sign off on my sports physical, which means no cross country. I'm not letting that happen. It has been an emotional roller coaster, which is really funny that I did not even read this before as much. I didn't really like really read it, but now I'm tying it back. But I cried at the doctor's office and in the car, but then I was happy and now I'm sad. I feel like I have failed myself today because I feel more full than I normally do at this time of day, which makes me feel uncomfortable. So pretty much during this time, my mom is starting to make me eat more food. And while it still wasn't enough food because the next week I also lost more weight, I was so deprived of nutrients that even a small amount of food um, felt uncomfortable. And it's not like I was starving myself. Like I know some people actually like don't, I heard one girl say on a podcast that she wouldn't eat for like three days and I would eat but I would just would carefully track everything I put in my body on like a piece of paper and my parents would like find pieces of paper with like numbers written down and they would like and I just would track everything. And so I also said I also feel it like I am seeking attention in the storm and it's been a but a little bit of a struggle because I do not want to be the focus of my parents' lives, but I think the reason my parents keep talking about my disordered eating is because they really love me, which is good because I really love them. Um, I'm not looking. I'm looking at myself in the mirror, and my stomach seems so big. I believe that is called body dysmorphia. Um, I let me see. I decided that, though, that this summer I am really going to try to nip this in the butt, but I also am going to try to enjoy my summer. I am trying to get my bucket list mostly marked off. I already have quite a few boxes checked off. This writing makes me um, feel a lot better. I might be able to encourage other people with it in the future. Tomorrow I am meeting with another new counselor. I am just about sick of those um, GAD tests, which for those of you guys who do not know a GAD test is, it's general anxiety disorder, and it's really annoying, and I think I've taken about 10 in my lifetime, and I'm just about, like, tired of them. But here I go again. I get so overwhelmed about answering them because I think that I'm answering wrong. I know they say you can't answer wrong on those. Maybe I will try making a new healthy recipe for lunch with my mom, blah, 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 blah. I need to think of the food as the fuel, not the enemy. So that's, like, one day. And then the next day, I would be, like, I'm excited about making steps towards facing my eating disorder. And then another day, I'd be, like, I'm so depressed today. And I'm waking up and I'm so sad and I don't want to get out of bed. So as well as dealing with this eating disorder, I was also dealing with a lot of, um, like, depression. And um, I think about, like, really dark thoughts a lot, like thoughts of death and everything. And it's not kind of suicidal or anything. It's just, that's what I thought of. I was in a dark place. And it's just something you think of in those moments. Um, I think through my eating disorder, um, a lot of it was me focused because all I could like think about was my emotions and how I was feeling. But also, I know that people in my family struggled as well. And I actually have Ainsley here going to talk about how kind of the eating disorder affected her. And then I hope to bring my mom on at some point and talk about how it affected her because I know it had a really big impact on her uh, mental health as well. So, Ainsley, how did that season, that last summer, kind of affect you? Um, So, last summer, after we found out, well, first of all, I knew Sydney had an eating disorder. We'd tell her at home, and she she would just say, like, no, I don't, no, I don't. And she'd get, like, really testy about it. But um, when they found out that she had an eating disorder, I was actually, like, really happy for her because I knew, okay, she's going to get this figured out. Like, she's going to be okay. And as the summer went on, um, a lot of my parents' attention was focused on Sydney. And Sydney needs to eat this, Sydney needs to eat that. And I felt kind of depressed because I felt like this summer was more focused towards Sydney. And I feel bad, like even now for just saying that, like I have like guilt from like feeling that my parents weren't paying enough attention to me. Um, But it was kind of like a stage of depression. And sometimes I would think about like Sydney and Sydney was like really skinny. And I'm like, I was just wishing that I was kind of hoping that I would start an eating disorder almost so I could get skinny and then I would just stop it and like I could not gorge myself but I could start eating healthier. And like after I I kept thinking those thoughts and then it came to one point in time and I was like, no, I this like I can't happen. I can't have this happen. Cuz not only did I want to be skinny, I wanted more of my parents' attention and that's not a good way to get your parents' attention, I guess, by getting an eating disorder. Um, But it was a really hard time for me because, like, I don't know, all of the attention was focused on Sydney, I guess. I think that it was hard for, like, the entire family. And I don't think that, like, I, of course, didn't want all the attention necessarily to be on me. And I kind of felt bad because I felt like I was taking away my parents' attention. And it was summertime. It was supposed to be like a really fun time, but it was kind of packed full with nutritionist appointments and doctor's appointments and counseling appointments, like three appointments a week at one point. And um, I kind of, I was not easy on my mom. I did not really hold back the punches. My mom probably dealt with me the most, but I would fight literally everything. She would try to get me to eat something, would make me a breakfast like a nice mom does. And I would think it was her way of sneaking food into my body. I would automatically assume that she was just trying to trick me into eating. Like I was very like fearful. And I was hadn't really trust many people. I thought that they were just trying to trick me to eat more food and gain weight. And I saw my nutritionist as the enemy. I saw my doctor as the enemy, which I still don't really like my doctor, but I think it's a lot of those feelings associated with that time, which is that those bad feelings associated with her. Um, I was so hard on my mom and my whole family. And because I was was just so angry at the world and what I was dealing with. And also, Ainsley, when you said that you almost wanted wanted to have an eating disorder – the reason I actually decided to do this podcast and come out clean, it's a very vulnerable thing to talk about, but I was so excited to do this because I was listening to this podcast on family life today that my mom sent me. And it was this girl named Campbell Faulkner Brown, and she laid it out all on the table and she inspired me so much. And one thing she said is I, she said, I actually wanted anorexia. And it was, she said, I wanted the praise for my family members. And I wanted the feeling of being skinny. And it leads me to my next point. There's parts of the eating disorder that I miss. And one of those parts is being skinny. I knew I was skinny and people would compliment me for it. And I remember one of my family members gave me a hug and she said, Oh my gosh, and you're so skinny, like a compliment. And I felt so proud of myself. Like I worked so hard for that body, even though I was just starving myself and running so much. But there's parts of the eating disorder that I mourn and that I miss. And that's one of the hardest things, as my counselor says, that's one of the hardest things about having an eating disorder is a lot of other diseases or disorders you just wanna get rid of. There's nothing good that comes out of it. But stuff like addiction and eating disorders, like there's parts you miss. Like an alcoholic might miss the feeling of numbness, not being able to feel the pain or the sadness and for an eating disorder it's the way you felt in your body and it was almost like a little high like every time i would feel really really hungry i was like i accomplished my goal for the day or if i would go on a 7 mile run and i'd be starving afterwards i'd allow my i would eat like two rice cakes afterwards even though i just ran 7 miles and probably burnt like 700 calories and another thing that Campbell Faulkner Brown said that i really relate with and it's that rice cakes Even though my nutritionist says they are a huge diet food, they're only a diet food if you make them a diet food, and just like any other food can be a diet food if you make them a diet food, but I love rice cakes, but I really turned it in, like, I was just trying to find the lowest calorie options available, and so... I think it's completely normal, but it's also something you have to keep in check. And I think you're good now, but like during the summer when you said you wanted to have anorexia, but you realized that it was something that wasn't healthy, a healthy thought process to have. Yeah. Um, that was like definitely like, I never, Sydney was just talking about like the um, podcast you listened to before this, or that she had listened to the other day, and I hadn't really heard, like, much about it. But when she said that she, like, she wanted anorexia because she wanted to look skinny, and, um, yeah, I guess that's how I felt. Um, Going back, though, when Sydney said that she, like, loved rice cakes, I also love rice cakes, but I remember finding, like, half a rice cake in a bag with, like, yeah. five almonds because she was, like, trying to, like, cut, like, her calories and everything yeah i would like eat like before i ran i would eat like half a rice cake and like two saltine crackers don't ask me why i ate would eat only half a rice cake and not the entire thing but i would and um i think that it was just i don't know this thought like if i ate too much i felt extremely depressed i remember on easter um i ate a ton of food And my body was probably just hungry and deprived and was like food like this big feast and I ate till I was so full and I felt so guilty and the next day I like immediately went out and did like a long, long, long run because I was like I have to burn this weight off all this weight I gained but I ended up losing again that like next week and it was and there was times where I was at school I would be so hungry and I could be like, I cannot eat until 10 o'clock because that is my designated snack time. I'm overeating if I eat any other time. And so now, like, I'm still recovering and there's certain parts of the eating disorder that I'm still stuck with right now. But, like, that, like, I'm so glad that I can actually eat food and feel fine and, like, eat a big meal. And, like, last night I ate a ton of chili. Not a ton, but I felt really full after I ate the chili. But I didn't feel, like, extremely guilty. I didn't feel like I needed to go for a run today. I felt, like, at peace. And I was like, it's okay. Um, but I think that just something that with eating disorders is very unique is there's certain parts of the eating disorder we miss and there are certain parts that we don't miss. Um. So kind of going back into Job. Job dealt with so much. And I think for those dealing with anything, whether it's a loss, grief, Job really suffered. And I can relate. During the eating disorder, I was... There was moments where i was like i'm gonna pray i'm gonna read my bible and god is gonna get me through this praise god almighty and i'd like listen to caleb and i'd be like i am just i'm god's got me i'm okay and there are other times where i was like i'm not gonna pray because i'm angry at god and you're not real and i was so angry and i just there was so much anger and frustration and there was times where i really questioned if god was even there and i feel, like, really relatable to Job in this moment. Like, Job lost so much more than I did, but he felt the same way. And I don't know. Like, it just was so, like, relatable for me with with this passage in Job. Like, what has – I know we'll probably go over your testimony or certain points in your life later in the series, but, I mean, where's been times where you've been able to relate with Job? Um. I mean, I know definitely with um while Sydney was having her like eating disorder this summer. And this sounds kind of funny, but one time my or my grandparents' dog died one time. And that was kind of crazy for me because it was like the first death I'd ever experienced. And I remember I was so mad. Like I was screaming in my room because I was so mad. And um, I mean, there were like... It was for, like, probably, like, three hours. I was just, like, screaming in my room. And my brain was, like, okay, like, I know God is out there, and I love you. And, like, okay, like, I got this. And I remember, like, reading my Bible. And then other times, I remember one time I, like, picked up my Bible, and I, like, put it back down because I'm, like, I'm so mad at you. God, like I'm not gonna read my Bible or pray or do anything, because like you must not be real if you're giving me this much grief and pain. Yeah, yeah, I just have moments where I wouldn't even want to sing the worship words in church, or I wouldn't want to close my eyes to pray because it felt like, no God, I am better than this. I'm better than you. I know more, and you're taking away all this and. Eating disorders, anyone will tell you, it's all about control. Like you want to control the food, but that food ends up controlling you. And so when all of that control was ripped away, I just felt so bare and empty. And because I couldn't control my situation. My doctors controlled my weight. I had to eat what my mom put on my plate. I had to track what I was eating with pictures, not the caloric intake, but I had to let my nutritionist know that I was actually eating. I was so angry and with my situation, and I felt like, god you could totally just why did you make me have to go through this and it was just so hard and i also this is kind of off topic but for anyone dealing with an eating disorder it is not your fault that you got into an eating disorder and for a lot of it i felt like it was my fault um i felt really guilty i felt like i ruined my family summer um and it's really quick it's like walking down the side of a mountain like, you're just there, you're just doing life, you're just hiking, and all of a sudden you just start falling. It's not your fault, necessarily, that you just, like, started falling and sliding down that mountain, but it is your fault, rather, or it is your choice to grab on, like, try to, like... Grab on to something. Grab on to something. You've, if you're... There's ways to get help. You need to reach out to people. And reach out to someone you trust, and I'm just begging you, like, I know that if I would not have, if I would have been in college, if it would have been three years later than it was my freshman year, if I would have been a freshman in college instead, I probably would be in a hospital and would be extremely, like, unhealthy, and I probably still would be dealing with it, but luckily, I had people around me to go to, and if you don't have someone to go around to, there's counseling clinics, there's um, hotlines you can call for eating disorders, and it I just, I beg anyone going through that. Like it, there's so much shame wrapped around eating disorders, but it is like any other mental disorder. It's just like anxiety. It's just like depression. It just comes in a different form. And um, there's a reason this is called hold on to hope is because I felt like all hope was lost for a long time. And then finally I actually started recovering and I still struggle. I still compare myself every single day. And a lot of my anorexia was around my stomach. A lot of people have certain areas. Um, I don't mind my arms. I don't mind my legs. It's all my stomach region. And so I constantly look at other people and compare myself. And that's still something I struggle with. There's still times where I want to restrict. There's still times where I don't like the weight I'm at. Um, I still don't like the weight I'm at because I have to be at this weight for me to be able to run cross-country and do what I love. But... I literally want to be lower and it's really hard and it's a struggle but it's that control and i feel like it was god being like sydney do you trust me sydney are like you are such a perfectionist you are such like a control freak you need to let go of the steering wheel for a little while and it's still something i'm struggling with like there's still steps i need to take that i have to be brave and i have to like go of the wheel like jesus take the wheel because i do not know what i'm doing And I'm just going to end up crashing myself right into that side of a cliff. You need to hold on to hope, but you also need to give up control and give it to the Lord. And don't be so, I know it's so hard to say that, to do this, but just have some grace on the people around you that are trying to help you. Um, I think it's very important. But, like, keep going, keep recovering. Like, you've got this. You are strong, God My dad said something once that says, he said, God will never give you more than you can handle. And he said, actually, no, that was a wrong statement. He said, God will give you less than you can handle so you can hold on to his hand and he can lead you through it and he can help carry that burden for you. I literally could just talk about this all day long because it's something I'm really passionate about and it's something that I wanted to reach out to people for, for a long time. But I am like a little bit fearful putting this out there because of the fact that people are going to be listening. People are going to like want, like not know this about me and there's people that do and there's people that are going to hear this and they don't know that about me. Um, but we're just really, um, I just, this is something I'm passionate about and I hope that you can share with the people around you and you can encourage them because all they really need is someone to hold them through it. And for parents that are dealing with this, I'm really like to have my mom on sometime to talk about it. But for parents dealing with this, keep holding on your like kid may hate you right now. Um, I really just, I didn't dislike my mom, but I was just, I had some anger at her in my family for like taking away that control and, but they're going to appreciate you so much. And I think any Or most people that have gone through an eating disorder and have fully recovered from it, thank the people around them. So parents keep holding on. And, um, yeah. So some warning signs for if someone has an eating disorder. Um, Well, I noticed these things in Sydney. Um, Definitely, like, not eating as much. Like, when it's, like, family meals. Like, and especially, like, when you're, like, out somewhere, like, to eat. They're, like, looking at, like, the calories and, like, looking at everything. Yeah, of literally everything. And, like, looking up, like, how – I remember one time I caught Sydney in my room because my mom wouldn't let Sydney go in her room and use her Alexa. She came into my room and said, Alexa, how many calories does, like, pork – like, a piece of pork have? And – Like, literally calculating down to the gram. Yeah. Like to the gram. And like, you wanna make sure, like, if this happens, like, you need to tell someone, like, immediately. Yeah. And you might be in denial, like, oh, they're just watching what they eat. But if it gets to that point, like, that's, you should be eating a balanced meal, but you shouldn't be keeping track of, like, literally everything. And also, I recognize one thing is I'd hate to eat any place. I remember my mom brought us like kudoba. And like that night, she's like, "Where do you want to go?" And I was like looking at places that had like calorie uh, calories on their menu because I was so scared. Because if I did not know, if I went to a place and I did not know like the calorie content of the food, I would like freak out and I would like order like the this smallest this little salad with like a little bit of steak on it. Like, and I would it was this horrible, horrible fear. Um, and then also, I think. Um, like, uh, like, if we have, like, big family dinners with, like, all of our family, like, not eating, like, dessert. It's kind of, it sounds kind of weird. And you don't want to do this, like, right if they're not eating dessert because they might just, like, want to try and be eating healthier. But if it's literally, like, every time and then they're, like, freaking out about calories, it's, like, yeah, they have something going on yeah also like a preoccupation with like exercise like if they're willing to skip like an event that they really love or just skips doing something they really love just to get like a workout in and if they're working extremely hard and then doing like lots of workouts a day that's also kind of a sign um, of anorexia at least like especially exercise um purging anorexia um i can't really speak for any other just eating disorders because i didn't go through those kind of eating disorders but I would say definitely keep an eye on the exercise, make sure it's at a healthy amount and make sure they're doing it healthfully. If they're overworking their bodies, if they're doing it almost every single day without fail and they are really, I would get really stressed if I missed a workout and I still do and I need to work on that. Like that's one of the things I need to let go of control with, but um, it's a lot better, but that's just another warning sign I would say. Um, Definitely just keeping an eye on your kid. And I think another thing is, like, if you know someone that's dealing with an eating disorder, just approaching them calmly. Um, I had people approach me not very calmly um, during that time, and that just kind of pushed me away um, from them and didn't want me. I did not want to talk about what I was going through or how I was feeling. So just approach them calmly, with grace, um, because I feel like just being, like, open, like, oh, how are you doing? Um, are you doing okay? I've noticed this and this and this and this and we want to help you in approaching them in that manner actually like might make them actually want to like open up to you. Um, my parents were very supportive during this time even though I wasn't very kind to them all the time but they were really like great. So if you're struggling with any of these things I would recommend looking through the bible or just googling up like verses in the bible that kind of like explain what you're going through and like have other people going through them yeah and like if you don't know if you don't like know what you are looking for i would recommend reaching out to a youth pastor or someone who can provide you guidance on kind of what to search for another tip that i would also recommend is don't just read the bible as a backup plan read it as your um your, like, play, like, read it to not learn and relate, like, uh right, now I'm just confusing myself, don't read it expecting to, like, find something that's gonna, like, save the day, but read it to find out who God is, and through that, you can find support, and you can find love, and you can find out how God is helping you through your this time. Um, so we're so glad you could join us for this episode. To finish out, we're going to do our daily question. So Ainsley, what is one thing you are looking forward to? Um, I'm looking forward to, well, it's a short week for us at school. So I'm excited to get done with this and then have a weekend. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to summer. It's so close, but it's so far away, and I'm kind of getting, like, senior-itis, like, sophomore-itis for summer, because we have so many fun things planned, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, we're going to Seattle in summer camp, and I'm so excited, but it's, it seems so far away. I don't know how longer I can do this, but, um, I hope that throughout this week um you are just being a light in your community you're walking the talk and you're making heaven crowded thanks for listening